everyone, and welcome to another episode of Non-Sequitur Nerds. Shots howdy! We'll see you next time, Cowboy. We're going to be talking Cowboy Bebop tonight, the live-action version. As always, I am Tim, joined by my buddy Ian over there. How's it going, buddy? Going really well. We are winding down uh, tumultuous 2021. It, it's still uh, 2020. <laughs> it's, it's 2021 part due. Dude, seriously. Uh, Deus Ex 2021, um, or Deus Ex 2020. Uh, anyway, Cyberpunk 2020. So, <laughs> it's doing a shit show. <laughs> exactly. Which I find that hilarious that you make that joke because I know you like the game. I do. I like uh, Cyberpunk. I'm actually replaying it on the side a little bit. Yeah. Well, speaking of things that not a lot of people really cared for, uh, as Tim said, we're going to be talking uh, li Netflix's live-action Cowboy Bebop tonight. Yeah. Um, a very so, divisive uh, show. Um, correct. So, uh, you know, fair warning, this is going to be a spoiler-filled episode. We are not doing an episodic play-by-play -play like some of our other reviews are. Uh, this is just really going to be kind of our thoughts, feelings, uh, musings. Our post-mortem. Uh, post-mortem. Yeah. For, th for those of you that haven't heard yet, uh, they, they already canceled it. Um, kind of came out of left field. I know a lot of people, you know, like Ian alluded to, a lot of people were pretty torn on this. Netflix already went out and canceled it. Um, yeah. Which, to, like, we'll go ahead and get this out of the way. Ian and I enjoyed it. When I saw that news, like, I immediately texted him, like, dude, they canceled Bebop. I was genuinely I mean, I surprised. Wasn't, I, I, wasn't, I was. I was surprised, but at the same time, I wasn't. Because yeah. it was one of those things where it's kind of like, given the media attention to the, the series, it didn't surprise me that yeah. much that they had canceled but at the same time it was like yeah i mean i you know it, it may maybe it'll find they'll find hope somewhere else you know you never know maybe uh it's hasn't been uncommon for amazon to pick up some of uh um netflix's canceled series so yeah. you know it's a possibility that we could see it uh, come back here in the future but yeah. we'll see and see, um, see for me like the reason you gave for why you weren't surprised at the cancellation they did do a lot of, like, hyping it up and media attention before the show came out. Like, so for me, for them to put all that time into marketing the fact that this is a thing, it's coming soon, make sure you watch it, only to cancel it, it was, like, what, two, like a week, two weeks after it came out? I mean, it was pretty quick. I I figured they would have, if they were going to cancel it, I figured they would have waited till longer. Like, as they said, like, the first week it came out, viewership was what they expected. But then the second week it dropped off. And my whole thing was... Maybe everybody that wanted to watch it already watched it. I mean, I, I get it from Netflix's point of view. They wanted it, they wanted people, the people that wanted to watch it, obviously they wanted them to watch it, but they wanted new people to come in and watch it. But, like, if you hit your target audience, why are you upset that you're not getting other people that weren't your target audience? Well, so, I think, I think, um... Netflix might have shot themselves in the foot a couple of different ways on this one. Now right. that I think about it, so they they acquired the ability and the rights to pl to stream the original uh, anime Cowboy yeah. Bebop on their platform, which they released a few weeks, several weeks, maybe even a month or so before uh, their show, mm. which was a bit of a gamble. Yeah. However, I think it I think it worked out not in their favor because one, it allowed people to to watch the movie again and kind of catch back up um, on or not the movie, but it kind of allowed people to, to watch Bebop again. You know, old fans allowed new people to kind of yep. watch Bebop again and s see it for the first time and really kind of experience it. And then they, they released this, uh, this show, which 
it's bebop but not like yeah. it's like it it's definitely bebop in spirit and you know some of the characterizations and things oh, yeah. like that but it's it's been updated i mean the original bebop came out in night in the 90s yeah i mean it's so it's, i mean at this it's point, been it's, 25 it's, years yeah. so it's a um, vintage anime at this point i mean let's call it what it is yeah right so i mean it, it's kind of hard to for me to to say that I think marketing really it took a gamble and it didn't work out for them in this case um, because it gave people an impression of what Bebop was going to be and it just wound up not being what people were expecting because it was right. so it's so different right. like it definitely draws from the source material but it's it's oh, quite definitely a bit. different I mean it, it is for the most part I mean it is a live action remake in in a very true sense of the word like a lot of the episodes were beat for beat the episode that it was based on um which wasn't for me wasn't a bad thing it was nice to see a lot of the scenes that i remember watching the original anime redone with real people and you know, like real you know real uh real martial arts you know real you know combat it was it was neat to see that um and i wonder if if netflix maybe banked on too much of the novelty or nostalgia of that like, I was happy with, with what I got out of it, but I know there's a lot of people that they wanted it to be, you know, maybe like a, a spinoff or like we had talked to our, our buddy Kevin about it. And he I, either he or you, one of you made the comment of with Bebop, there's no like set timeline between one episode and the next. For the most part, they could have easily done, you know, 13 episodes of completely new adventures and said, oh, well, these all took place in between other stuff that you saw in the anime. They could have done that, but they chose to stick with what people knew, which it, I imagine in Netflix's mind, that was probably their safe bet. Stick with what people like. But like you said, I think the problem a lot of people had was they stuck too much to what people liked, but they also changed enough of what people liked that it made people not like it because it wasn't exactly what they liked about it. But, I mean, you, you and I, I mean, you were here, we binged. When it, the day it came out, or yeah, I think it was the day it came five out. Five episodes, I think. Yeah, well, the first five or six episodes, just back to back to back. Yeah. Before we finally were like, okay, it's it's two in the morning, we have to sleep. <laughs> we're yeah. old. We are old. Um, and yeah. like um, like we we were we were laughing through it. You know, we were commenting on it. Like we we had fun with it, and the whole mm -hmm. series we had fun with. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's a it's a fun series, and admittedly, I haven't finished all of it yet. But you know, I still have some I still have some more to go. But I've seen enough of it to to I feel like form a, a decent enough opinion. Yeah, same. Um, same. So you know, you know all well, and, again, all, and again, it follows it, so many of the same beats. We kind of if we were to do an episode by episode synopsis, we could probably do it just based on watching the anime. Honestly, I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's some things that I that I feel like they did that kind of helped. So they kind of really fleshed out some more of the backstory behind some of the characters yes, and things which, like that. Especially, I love that. Especially Spike and, you know, the, the syndicate and his involvement with the syndicate and everything else. So, you know, they really kind of get, they really tried to give these characters some more, um, some more background than, yeah. than what the, the anime did. The anime, I mean, probably the mo uh, the character that gets the most background would definitely be um, Spike. But at the same time, he also doesn't you, you don't get a whole lot like you don't yeah. really you don't understand his friendship with Vicious like you don't understand, 
you know, that kind of partnership. You don't understand, like, you know, what was going on with him and Julia other than yep. they were in love. Right. Like, you don't really get any of, uh, didn't get a whole lot of depth to it. And they started really kind of exploring that in the show. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Which I appreciate it. Um, they also kind of give you a little bit more on Jet um, and give you a little bit more on Faye. And obviously they made some pretty major changes to Faye's character. I like um, the changes, though. I did too, because in the original one, she's overtly, overly sexualized in the original. Yeah. Um, and, and she, she in was this there one, to be fan service. That's all. She, that's right. For the ninety percent of her character was fan service. Right. In this one, she's much more rough and tumble, gruff, like much more vulgar, and, and you know, yeah, not that, not that like femme fatale type, mm-hmm. but you know that, you know, she's a she's a bounty hunter. Like she's ready to kick, kick people's ass. Like, you know, she's not afraid to kind of get in there. Yeah. Yeah, And, and I feel like her and her and Spike's interactions were much better in this, in the new series as well, because they they were, they they played off each other really well in the series. Yes. Yes, they, they did in the original, they just kind of existed with each other. They didn't really show much relationship forming at all until like the very end of the series. And then, you know, Faye kind of, like, seems like she cares, but right. you don't really understand why. Yeah, exactly. So they never really explore a whole she lot of that. She just decides, like, yeah, these guys the... are okay. Yeah, you kind of get the vibe that, like, maybe she's got a thing for Spike now, but, like, they don't, they don't... flesh it out. Yeah. With this, you definitely see, like, you know, for maybe one or, uh, like, two episodes after they meet, you know, they're they're kind of starting to trust her a bit more. They see that... Uh, well, like there's there's that one of the episodes where uh, it, it's it's a it's a jet black episode uh, where the focus is mainly on him, but Spike and Faye, he's like, you know, hey, go pick some bounties, earn us some money. I got some stuff I got to do. Well, instead of picking the bounties, like they, they they they're arguing about who's the better bounty hunter, and finally Faye's like, okay, I got one for you, and she I don't remember the name, but she drops a name, and Spike's like, wait. You you took him down and like she shows him proof that, that I claimed this bounty. He's like, huh? And like the whole time before this, they're arguing about who's a better bounty hunter or like he'll suggest a name and she'll go, oh no, there's no way you can take him down. He'll she'll suggest one. He's like, oh you're you're nowhere near ready for that kid. You know you're too green. But by the end of it, they're sitting there having drinks together, sharing stories about st- about stuff after you know. She realizes he's legit. He realizes she's legit. Yeah. And it's it's a it's, ba- it's a backdrop to the, what's going on with Jet, but it builds up the fact that, huh, okay, Faye is a capable bounty hunter, and Spike slowly is, is starting to respect her because he's like, you you know your stuff, you know what you're doing, and it's it's a really cool character building. While you're also getting, and like I said, an episode focused mainly on Jet, but you're getting more character building for him, his past as a cop, uh, which it's not, they did flush that out a bit more as well. Um, I mean, we did get that in the original series, but it seems more, there's more substance to it this time around, which I liked. Yep. All the characters seem to get a lot more substance behind them. Um, you still get all the, like, the over-the-top action that you come to expect from Bebop, but you get more of the, you get more flavor text, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and if we look at the actual casting of the characters, so John Cho plays Spike Spiegel, and originally I was trepidatious about his casting, but I thought he did a decent job with it. Yeah, you know, I, I plays the character. Reason. Yeah, plays the character well, is able to emote and kind of act in a in a Spike way. Uh, Mustafa Shakir saying, plays he, Jet he, Black, he got, and he, he is got probably the most. <laughs> John Cho, yeah, did. I mean, he got he's... pretty toned up. 
Oh yes, yes he did. But uh, Mustafa Shakir again is Jet Black, and was he's probably perfect. the most perfectly cast character yes, of them all. Yes. Just plays an absolutely perfect Jet Black. Um, he, like the mannerisms, the, the the voice, like his commanding nature, like he nailed Jet. I mean, they yep. they did perfect with him. Yep. Uh, Daniela Pineda as uh, Faye. I feel like she does a does a good job of it with with Faye. Um, and you know, obviously, she's more of like uh, Hispanic uh, Latina um, heritage. But they don't really explain like who Faye was in the original anime. Like right. you never get a feel for for heritage. I mean, she maybe kind of looks Asian ish, but I think that's just mostly with how the characters, the female characters, were designed back yeah. then. Yeah. Um, well, it's, so it's a lot there, of the art style really, it is an anime. Yeah, yeah. So there's not really like any any set background for Faye. Um, so I think it works out fairly well. The, the for me, that I think one of the more questionable the, the questionable casting choices is probably Vicious Alex Hassel. Like um, that guy's chin, you can cut diamonds with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean his chin is longer than his katana, uh, and it's it's just it's true. The care like. He plays a decent vicious, but he just doesn't seem like vicious. Vicious, like, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like, it's almost like the shirtless, like the shirtless Kylo Ren memes <laughs> yes. that are at, like the yes. like he's built like he was built like Adam Driver, like he's built like Adam Driver in those shirtless Kylo Ren memes. Like yep. he's Ben he's Swolo. jacked. <laughs> yeah, he yeah Ben Swolo. Like he's jacked. Like he's right. he's huge and. The original Vicious in the, the cartoon is more slim, like he's sleek. He's supposed yep. to be, you know, a sword fighting assassin type. Yep. So he's, I, I imagine all <coughs> very, felt like very someone. quick and agile, but very, yeah, like, yeah very lithe. But they, they new they Vicious looks like he could have been a UFC fighter in like, yeah. like, like lightweight uh, division or something. But he, he, yeah, like, I mean, vi- visual, visual um, takes aside. The portrayal, I thought he did a really good job, but the, from a visual perspective, though, I, I didn't, I, it didn't click with me, anime vicious to live action, action vicious, but as far as, yeah. like, the, the portrayal, I thought he did a good job, but the, yeah, visually, I, I, not my favorite casting choice, but he still did a good job with the role. Yeah, I think all in all, uh, he did all right. Now we we do have to admit that the the most the, we said that um, Mustafa Shakir was probably the most well cast character, but we we did miss that Ayn is actually probably the most well cast character. <laughs> I mean, um, getting, getting a corgi part that was perfect. perfect. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just, he does the part perfectly. I I have zero complaints about Ayn. So congratulations <laughs> to the casting director. Um, <laughs> that that was you know. Bravo! That was perfect. Perfect, perfect casting. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> jokes, jokes aside, it was it was nice to get, you know, they 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 kept Ein as a corgi because I mean that you think Ein, you think corgi. I mean Ein is the reason that most people our age own corgis. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other thing is they kind of even with Ein, they kind of uh, fleshed out a little bit more information. Yeah. Um, while also kind of keeping some of the information, because you know, in the in the original anime, he's like you know that super intelligent data dog type thing, but they right. don't really go into that very much. Yeah. Like in the in the new series, however, in the new series, they do talk about like you know how dogs are are ultra rare and they're like owning one is super expensive and all this other stuff. So right. 
Which, I mean, um, they, they, they kind of, like, briefly touched on that in the anime, but not really mm-hmm. anything more than that. Um, but, uh, well, in, in the live action, like, it's it's animals in general. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, it's, I mean, so, it's, it's, again, it's more of the... They fleshed out the world a lot more this time around, and I know a lot of people uh, that, that I've talked to and, and comments I've seen online, like, you, you didn't need to flush this stuff out. Well, my counterpoint is you didn't need to flush it out. But to me, it didn't detract when they did flush it out. Yep. <clears throat> but then again, you yeah, know, it... th- this this soup doesn't need this ingredient doesn't mean you should add it. Is I get where some people are coming from. Right. I mean, you... stew doesn't need carrots, but, you know, you can put carrots in it. Right. Chicken noodle soup doesn't need celery, but people put celery in it. Yeah. It may not be for everybody. Yeah. Not exactly. everybody may like it, but it doesn't make it any less chicken soup. Exactly. Um, you know, core metaphor there. Uh, so. Right. Yeah, I think uh, the some of the the production design of the series was interesting as well. Uh, you yeah. know, one of the, the other components that they did was they updated the series to be more gritty, more new age, more adult. Yes. Uh, oh my God! Did they say it? How it is? There's boobs in the in the show, like just straight up boobs. Well, and and um, the you know, apart from that, like the level of gore in some of the episodes, like I liked the visual spectacle, like the when when they turned people into trees. Yeah, that was incredibly graphic, but I thought it looked kick ass. <laughs> yeah, but, no, but again, I, it's I, it's a I lot more it. visceral and adult. Yeah. They they definitely made the series for people our age that watched the anime growing up. It's a grow it's a very grown up version of Bebop. Like the original Bebop, like okay, I'll let my kids watch that. The live action, no, I'm not gonna let them watch that. And they're dropping f bombs like they visit brothels and whorehouses. <laughs> um, you know, the hund. Ein, ein hund, ein hund. <laughs> Dahund! Um, if if you haven't gotten if you've watched the series, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, I, the assumption is at this point that you have probably watched the series yeah. that, or you have no plan of watching the series, and you just want to know what we so think you, about. In it. that case, you have no idea what we're talking about, and you probably don't care. Um, anyway, so yeah, the set design, production design of it, I thought was was really nice. They yeah. still have that kind of film noir space neo-punk type thing going on for it and it's not cyberpunk it's not you know it's not technopunk it's not steampunk it's just kind of that you know that old school like post-apocalyptic dystopian feeling you know the dark color the washed out colors of everything like Um, like from i mean the from a visual perspective like it looked like you were watching a warner brothers dc movie Everything was very dark, but like, but at the same time, there were a lot of scenes where everything is super bright and vibrant. So there was, there was a good amalgamation of a bunch of different things that, again, we like, we like the series. I don't know how many times we can say that, but to uh, it's like, to me personally, it all worked together. There was a good variety in, in the visuals that it didn't feel like, you know, I was watching something through a sepia tone filter all the time. There's some scenes that are like that. There's some scenes that are just, you know, like normal lighting. There's other scenes that are super, like, neon everywhere, bright and vibrant. It all works together. It feels like Bebop. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. So, I mean, all in all, it the, the, the set 
the set design set pieces and, and just the, again the 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 overall feel of the series again is still bebop but it's definitely been updated for yeah. a newer a newer age newer generation and it's updated to feel more of that gritty live action component to it um you know you talked about watching the whole you know not watching something in entirely sepia filter if we look at like the jet one of the jet focused episodes about you know his past and his partner it's supposed to evoke that old school detective you know mystery type thing so a lot of it is actually done like there is a lot of that sepia lighting yep that's in it it's very brown you know very kind of washed out it feels like an old detective movie yeah, very, it leans very heavily into the film noir component yep. of it. And it did a good so, job. It did, it did. Um, so, there, yeah, the, there, there's a lot of really good design uh, elements to it. I mean, I liked the, the way they designed the Bebop. I mean, it looks very much yeah. like the original Bebop. It's just been updated, you know, a little bit updated. Mm-hmm. And the inside is supposed to evoke, you know, this kind of run-down... You know, barely scraping by yeah. bounty hunter environment. Like it's it's dark. Like the inside of the Bebop's dark. It's rusty. It's not you know, maintained. Prop, not <laughs> yeah, not very well maintained. Yep. yep. You know, it's, it, it's it's in rough shape, but you know she holds together by duct tape, literally. I mean, um, yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I'd. It's, again, set design is it's pretty fantastic. Um, now, if we if we jump over to sound design, though, obviously we can't talk sound design without talking about uh, the soundtrack, which has been uh, Bebop is probably uh, the original Cowboy Bebop is probably one of the quintessential uh, anime or really soundtracks period yeah. that have come out of the last you know thirty years uh, for television shows. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about a, a Japanese woman who composed probably one of the greatest bebop albums and soundtracks that has yeah. ever existed. Like yeah. not only in like television wise, but in, in a musical in a musical genre in general. Yes. I mean Tank is a phenomenal it's, song. It's it's a masterpiece, and if you play it, anybody that that grew up in the nineties uh, and had cable TV could probably you you know you hear the first two notes tank yeah you go that's tank and even if they I don't mean, know the name of it they're like oh uh, cowboy bebop they yeah. recognize or oh and, that, that 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 show that was on on cartoon network late at night yep yeah like, like and, and you can't listen to tank without getting a little hype up hyped you know it just, yeah. it, it gets you going and like and in general like all the, the all the the music in uh both the original anime and in the show all of it is like on cue, like they know how to use that music to really add to any scene they put it in. Whether it's something fast and upbeat like Tank, or something more more somber, all like real folk, folk blues. Yes, um, all of it fits beautifully well, and the the live action show is no exception to that. They did a phenomenal job with the sound on this. Yeah, the 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 sound and the soundtrack has been is fantastic. And again, you have Yoko Kano coming back. To, to redo the music, you have the seatbelts, uh, the original band that played it coming back to, to do the recordings again um, and arrangements and all that other kind yep. of stuff. And, you know, there are jazz musicians, jazz groups, uh, you know, people outside of the anime community that play that 
play Tank because, again, it is one of the yeah. best jazz bebop songs that has ever oh, been God, yes. made. So, you know, say what you will about the show, about the original anime. I don't think anyone can really argue with this, the soundtrack for yeah. either of those. They are oh, just, yeah. they are perfect. Yeah. Now, I, mean, I get some people may not like jazz. They may not like bebop. Okay. Yeah. Not your cup of tea, but I I challenge you to listen to Tank and not feel a little bit excited. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's it's such just so, such a great piece. Yeah, it is. It is. It, we we should we should have talked our band director. We should have found sheet music for it and said, "Hey, can we play this?" <laughs> Do the jazz jazz band at the uh the basketball games. Yep. Yeah. All right, Could here's our half, bit, here's our halftime show. <laughs> A little bit more cheery than uh, than the final countdown all the time. Oh my god! Or the score, the like final countdown and the school fight song. That's all they ever played. The jazz band. That's all they ever played. Wasn't it the University of Michigan fight song? Yes, yes it is. Yes it is. So our our high school didn't even like most high schools use some like colleges thing. Our high school's in Indiana and we use the University of Michigan's fight song. Yeah. You think we would have used, I don't know, maybe some college in Indiana? You think? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we couldn't get the rights to him. I don't know. I don't know. But no, yeah, I I, I am in complete agreement on the the soundtrack, both in the anime and in the live action. It is just beautifully, beautifully done. Thoroughly enjoyed yep. it. The soundtrack was always one of the things I always enjoyed the most about Bebop, just because it was like they. I mean, they had. They had highs, they had lows, they had everything in between. It all worked really well. So I'm glad that they, they got the, the original uh, sound director from the anime to come back and do the live action. And you can tell. She has not yep. lost her touch. Yep. And if you want to talk about originals coming back, I mean, uh, Watanabe uh, uh, came back to do consulting on the show. Yeah. So it's not, like they, it's not like Netflix was just kind of taking this and running with it. Like yeah. they were... They were working with the original creator as a consultant yeah. producer on this show to get his buy-in, his help, his direction. Yep. So, and, and like, like I feel like with with Netflix bringing back a lot of OG uh, OG like production team. I mean, obviously they they're they're a media production company. They obviously didn't want this to fail. And and seeing that they brought back a lot of the original production team, they wanted this to succeed. It just didn't hit the mark, which which is really sad because it seems like with them bringing all these people back to to work on stuff and wanting to be mostly true to the original source material, it seems like there was some at least somewhere in Netflix's hierarchy there was some passion behind it, but it just it didn't hit the mark. It didn't hit the mark that they wanted it to, which which to me is really disappointing because I was looking forward to seeing the entire original anime redone in live action now that i'm not looking for i want to go ahead and get this completely out there i was not looking for this series to replace the anime the anime is always going to hold a very special place for me it is one of the first full series that i ever watched but i saw the live action as a nice supplemental thing to it like had it never came out i would have still liked bebop but since it did come out i'm glad i got to see what i did of it and again it it is a shame that it's gone it's it's as of now, not coming back. And I know that there's a lot of people out there who they're they're super stoked that it got canceled. 
my whole thing is, is Ian and I, you, you and I say this on the show all the time. Let people like what they like. If there's people that like it, don't be happy that it got canceled. Because there's pe- if you didn't like it, cool, just don't like it. There's people like Ian yeah. and I. There are, are people like us out there that it. enjoyed it. Just let us enjoy it. But Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, and to kind of echo what Tim said, you know, if you didn't like it, then don't watch it. You right. know, there's plenty of stuff on TV that I don't want that I don't watch because yeah. it's just not enjoy. Like, it's not my cup of tea. Well, like, and I realize yeah. that you may be upset that, you know, this isn't your bebop or your daddy's bebop. Right. But, I mean, there's people it, that it like struck it. A cor- right. It struck a chord with, with some audiences. Yeah. And if we go and look at, you know, go and look at some of the reviews and things like that, IMDb's rating for it is 6.7 out of 10. That's, that's not, not bad. That's not bad. That's not that's not bad at all for a rating. If you look at Rotten Tomatoes, forty five um, critic score, fifty eight percent user score. I mean, that's yeah. still better than sixty percent of people like it. That's still better than a lot of crap that's out there. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it, it does it does make me uh, make me sad that, um, you know, the Bebop's is, was was canceled, and you know, right. I'm kind of hoping that maybe Netflix will will turn around and decide not to not right. to and come back. Well, you know, we'll see how uh, how people rally and you know how it goes. Um, sorry, I was stalling for time a little bit, but uh, <laughs> Metacritic uh, was a 47, um, right. but that's based on 28 critic reviews. Oh, um, so. Well, like, I mean, you and I kind of talk, we, we've done a lot of review episodes lately, because, like, this time of year, a lot of stuff comes out. It's holiday season, movie, m- holiday and summer is when movies really, a lot of them come out, shows, movies, whatever. Right. And we, you and I have talked about this lately, that it seems like lately critics are in this this bubble of poo-pooing on everything. If it's not, you know, a freaking Scorsese masterpiece, it's garbage. And I think they've even been rating Scorsese stuff as garbage lately. Well, I, which, yeah, I know. Um, but, like, it seems like lately that seems to be the trend among critics is just to poo-poo on everything. And, like, I don't know if, if it's, you know, generating negative buzz to get people, you know, talking about it as a way to get them to watch it. But, like, most people, if they go, oh, this thing has bad reviews and I was on the fence, well, I'm not going to give it the time of day. Well, you just kind of shot yourself in the foot there. If it's if it's good, give it a legitimately good review so the people that are on the fence will consume whatever product you have. Now, I'm not saying that's the case with everything. It's kind of like, but yeah, it, it, you it know, just seems odd. Those... Yeah, like like what, what was it? Eternals. Yeah. Critic, critic reviews, it they trashed it. Viewer reviews, significantly better. A lot of movies yep. lately, like uh, Venom two, critic reviews trashed it. Viewer reviews, significantly better. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife, critic reviews, at least last I checked, I haven't checked it since I saw that, that phenomenal piece of, of, uh, cinema. Um, but when I first looked at it, critic reviews were pretty low. Viewer reviews were significantly better. And that seems to yep. be the running trend lately. And I don't know if it's just how the critics are viewing things now. I don't know if it's, it's some kind of ploy to, to give it bad, like, like Grand Theft Auto famously in the past specifically gave their game bad press so that people would talk about it so that it would generate, you know, sales and revenue. And it worked for them back then. I don't know if that really works in today's day and age, though. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that's the case, but it's odd that so much stuff that fans like that has came out lately, critics have been trashing. It's, it's just, I don't know, it just seems odd to me. Unless critics are just that out of touch, 
or if they're reviewing it strictly from a critical point and not a, would a fan like this? Right. But that's not what they're paid to do. They're paid to, to criticize the movie as a film, not as something that somebody would enjoy, which is a weird, in my opinion, is a weird way to review a film. But again, yeah, if, I mean, if, you, if you send somebody, like if you sent me to review Ghostbusters and paid me to do it, obviously I'm going to give it glowing reviews. But if you sent me to watch, you know, Walking Dead, which I'll be honest, I'm not a fan of, I'm going to obviously give that lower marks because I'm not the target audience. So it's, it's a two-sided coin. You can't send somebody that's a fan to review a movie because you're going to get a good, uh, typically, you're going to get a good review out of it unless it's utter garbage. But at the same time, you don't want to send somebody that has no desire to watch that thing and expect them to give it a good review. They're going to review it as, as boring or whatever have you because they just don't enjoy the source material. So it's yep. it's, it's a lose-lose. You can't truly yeah. send somebody impartial. <laughs> yeah, no, I would uh, I would completely agree with that. Um, and to your point about, you know, movie reviews and things like that, it's just it's so hard for to really kind of understand like what it is, you know, I, I think using using reviews um, like critic reviews and things like that is not the way that that most people should, um, you know, get get make a decision about seeing a movie. Right. If something legitimately interests you, go and see it. Yeah. Like, go, and, go and see it and then look at the reviews and go, oh, you know, like, if you watched a movie and you didn't like it and you see reviews that didn't like it and you agree with that, awesome. If you go and see a movie, you really enjoyed it and all the reviews are trashing it, who cares what the reviewers said? You enjoyed it. It doesn't matter if, you know, some random reviewer on, on Metacritic, Rotten Tomatoes, whatever, didn't like it. If you enjoyed it, enjoy it. Take the, their opinions critical think about them and it, like you know what they did mention that this scene is a little ham-fisted and there were a lot of plot holes you know what yeah having watched it i could see that but did you still enjoy it you know and you're fully yeah, exactly. you're fully entitled to to change your opinion after getting new information or talking to somebody about it and like you know yeah you're right you know I, I that part of the movie i didn't think about it at the time because i was caught up in it but yeah, you're right. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Or yeah, there there was a lot of continuity errors. Or yeah, the camera work actually was pretty pretty bad in that. You're fully entitled to change your opinion as well, both good or bad. You know, my my thing is is gives give unless you have zero absolute zero interest chance of ever watching something, at least give it a shot. You know, I know there's there's people that I've talked to online that they wanted to watch Bebop, but after hearing so many people trash it, they're like, ah, I'm probably not gonna. At least give it a shot. You know, you might be pleasantly yeah. surprised, and it's okay to not agree with the majority. <laughs> yep, and, and again, you know... I'm getting off my soapbox now. <laughs> yeah, sometimes things take a little bit of time, uh, a little yeah. bit of history lesson for you. You know, think movies like Shawshank Redemption. It was critically panned when it came out. Now it's considered yeah. a classic. Like, critics hated it. Like, Which, they hated yeah. that movie when it came out, and yeah. now it's considered a, a classic, and one of... I think it's on IMDb, like one of the top ten in IMDb's like top one hundred greatest movies of all time. Yeah. Um. You know, we're into the holiday season. Uh, if you look at um, it's a Wonderful Life, Jimmy Stewart. That movie was generally hated, and uh, one of the Coppolas, I believe, directed it. Yeah. Um. Uh, it, it was generally hated when it first came out, but it's now considered, you know, a Christmas classic. And okay, uh, you, you mentioned one of the Coppola's there. I found out something earlier today. I didn't oh, know. sorry, it was Frank Capra. Um, okay, but you mentioned Frank, uh, one of the Coppola's, and that reminded me, I read something earlier about one of my favorite actors, Nicolas Cage. 
His yeah, uncle was Fred. Yeah, I didn't know that. I did not know that until uh, he specifically changed his last name because he didn't want to ride on his uncle's coattails. Because yeah, growing exactly. up, everybody told him, you're you're going to get into Hollywood just because of your uncle. You're never going to be good, but because your uncle is who he is, you're going to get in. He changed his name and was a bad actor on his own. <laughs> yes, but... Bless you, Nick Cage. I love you to death. You are a phenomenal B actor. But have you seen the preview for his new movie that's coming out? Uh, which one? Uh, I can't quite remember <laughs> the name of it, but it's like, it's it's Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage. Oh, I, I've heard about that. I haven't seen the trailer for it, but I've heard about that. I, I, yeah. I it intrigued me. It's yeah, Nick it's, Cage uh, playing Nick Cage, but he's not playing himself. He's playing Nicolas Cage, if that makes any sense at all. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. He is Nicolas Cage playing. Nicholas Cage and his best friend in the movie, like, is uh, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. <laughs> so, who is not playing Pedro Pascal? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it's, yeah but... so it's not Nick Cage playing himself. It's Nick Cage playing Nick Cage. <laughs> yes. It, which, like, so... I read the basic description. I'm like, that seems like a very Nick Cage role. Oh, it is 100% him <laughs> leaning into his his meme personality. Like he he knows uh, he has to know. He, uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at him doing uh, the history of swear words on Netflix, that's yep. also him leaning into that yep. that Nicolas Cage like <laughs> meme dumb. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so kind of getting back uh, off track and and into some of our non sequiturs. Yeah. Uh, we were due for I, one, I think. I think. Yeah, I think so. So <laughs> kind of tying things back together with Bebop. Yeah. Um, all in all was uh, what I felt to be a, a good show, an enjoyable yeah, show. Absolutely. Um, it, I went into it expecting it not to be the bebop that I remembered. Mm. I expected it to be different. I expected them to change things. I prepared myself for that. Right. And I went into it fully knowing that this was not going to be a necessarily a shot-for-shot shot remake with nothing, like, none of the dialogue changed, like, everything the exact same, I knew it wasn't going to be that. Yeah. And I was okay with that. Right. So, you know, ultimately what I can say is, if, if you want to watch the show, I suggest you watch the show. Like, I agree. But I'm just going to say, I'm just going, I will advise you. This is just my advice. Understand that it is not the the anime Bebop. Yes. And you will potentially enjoy it. And if you don't like it, turn it off and go watch, yeah. I don't know, Walking Dead or The Witcher. Uh, or Witcher, I forgot about that. Yes. At the time, as of the time of this recording, the season two of The Witcher has just come out. So. Yeah, it uh, has. And I'm off work for the next two weeks. <laughs> it's going to be, I'm, I'm going to run out of stuff to watch. <laughs> I hate you. Anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, to... to I agree with Ian on that. I mean, if you've got Netflix, you're not out anything if you if you give it a shot. If you're already paying for the subscription, indulge yourself. Try it. Watch a couple episodes. If you like it, cool. Keep watching it, and then be sad that you're not going to get any more of it. If you don't like it, again, you're out your time. Watch. Yeah. You're, watch yeah. You know, you've let's all admit it here, folks. You have spent wasted two hours on much worse things like. Miss America pageant or Batman the versus Nanny. Superman. <laughs> Batman versus Superman. Us. Uh, yeah. I mean, 
I mean, you know, and I I mentioned this to Ian. You know, it's it's we're getting towards the end of the year. You know, everything's doing wrap ups right now. Uh, we, we got our our Spotify stuff. We we have released uh, how how long how much content did I say we had released at that point? Like fifty hours. 50, yeah, like like yeah, just shy. Like by the time I think the full year is done, it'll be just shy of sixty hours of content. So for those of you that have listened or watched to every single episode. Thank you for wasting that much of your life listening to us bitch about being opinionated nerds. Um, I mean, yes, uh, it's, it's if you wasted time on us, go watch an episode of Bebop. Oh, uh, it can't be any worse. It can't be any worse. Uh, and. <laughs> If watch it just to see a cute corgi, all right. If nothing else, you get to see a doggo, all right. Exactly. Um, so uh, I, uh, with that, I think that'll probably wrap up our kind of so. opinionated review, uh, end of year review of of uh, our, Cowboy Bebop. Our, our post mortem um, for Bebop. <sighs> yes. Uh, Netflix, if you're watching, listening, paying any sort of attention to us, which I doubt you are, but you know, one can dream. Uh, one, uh, we are we are uh, potentially in it to shill. Uh, yeah. If you wanna wanna do a more uh, high production value um, version of our podcast, uh, yeah. we'd be willing to talk. Uh, you can reach our agents. Uh, find us on Facebook. My Twitter. agent is Ian. His agent is me. Um, yeah, it's, exactly. it's a tax write-off so, thing. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, but uh, beyond that, if you are watching or listening, uh, you know, give it another shot, please. You've you've supported worse shows. At, at, at least finish off, you know, the series. Even if you don't make any new stuff after that, at least finish off the series. Yeah, exactly. So, well, uh, yeah, so with that, I think that's going to do it for us uh, for tonight so. as think far so. as uh, our review goes. So uh, thank you for sticking with us and uh, enjoying uh, our review of uh, Cowboy Bebop. Uh, thank you also for sticking with us uh, as we've gone through over 50, 60 hours of content. <laughs> uh, we appreciate all of you, uh, our our listeners, our uh, loyal listeners, our new listeners, uh, and those of you that have helped and supported us along the way. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I would I would name you, but uh, I don't remember all of you, and uh, you know who you are. Oh, yeah. Uh, much love. Uh, so with that, I think we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up for tonight. Uh, as always, so. uh, thank you to our uh, many um, unpaid partners in this. Uh, Anchor.fm, our hosting platform, which feeds out to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and several other podcasting sites. YouTube.com slash nerds, where you can find all of our video recordings uh, and some of our original audio recordings before we did the video. Um, also catch us sometimes occasionally live on twitch.tv slash non sequitur nerds and on social media you can find us at, uh, on twitter at non sequitur nerd and facebook.com slash non sequitur nerds uh, so I think that covers all of it I um, think so. also uh, wanted to provide one additional and final uh, shout out uh, please everyone uh, give a round of applause to Timothy. He finally got out of the dark ages and managed to get gigabit internet now. So if he doesn't, everything look like loads crap... instant. <laughs> yes, and if he doesn't look like crap anymore on camera, it's because he no, actually I, has. I a look, I look worse with, with with no buffering. Go go back to the dial up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you some of these little plastic flappy things that I have for my webcams that you can just like flick down. And that way, it, it hides it hide you. 
that that's the only way either one of us look good on camera. It's it's so. it's really true. Uh, we have to yeah, have special so, lighting. We're so pale that it just reflects. It looks like some kind of heavenly being is talking to you. So right, you know, we just Especially need a sound effect. Make it, yeah, we just need a sound effect. You know, sound like Scooby Doo goes. We really do. Um, so yes, uh, congratulations to Tim for finally getting internet that isn't run by a fleet of Clydesdales. It is so amazing. Uh, so it's so amazing. <laughs> Uh, with that, I think we will actually wrap up for tonight. Thank you for joining us again. We appreciate all of you. Uh, we all hope you have a wonderful good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on when you're listening to us. And uh, as in the spirit of this time of year, happy holidays. And uh, we hope you have a wonderful end of your uh, 2021. We're going to try to take it out, uh, <laughs> finish up the year uh, alive. Yeah. So... <laughs> But uh, I think that'll do it. So uh, thank you again for Non Sequitur Nerds. As always, I am Ian and. I'm Tim. Good night, everybody. <laughs>